Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of ATL Prime Sports. Todd Quarter here in Atlanta. JJ on the other side of the ATL. Wayne in, uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, our producer. And our special guest each and every week on ATL Prime Sports is Dave Cohen, the voice of the Georgia State Panthers. Before we get into our show, everybody subscribe and like to the podcast. You can catch us all on social media at ATL Prime Sports. You can get JJ at JJ Get You One, Wayne at RWY Junior, myself at Quarter Todd, and Dave at Georgia State Voice. So I got that right this week. Did you notice that? So, all right, guys, let's go ahead and get into it. Dave, a successful week for Georgia State last week. They moved up to three and four overall. They're tied for first place in the East with a two and two and one record. Obviously, a four-way tie. One of those teams is Appalachian State, who beat Georgia State, so they would have the tiebreaker. But there's a lot of games left to be played, and now with a two-game uh, winning streak uh, over Louisiana Monroe and Texas State. Um, how does Georgia State feel coming into this game? I mean, they've got to feel pretty good with a play of Darren Granger, who's had seven touchdowns in the last two games, um, uh, five through, let's see, four through the air. No, six through the air and one through the ground. He had five the week before and two last week. Uh, this is a heck of a turnaround for Georgia State in its offense. I've been at practice three days this week. And this team is feeling very confident right now. They've got an opportunity now heading down to Statesboro on Saturday to take on in-state rival Georgia Southern. Uh, they've got an opportunity to put together a three-game winning streak. And, you know, they're going to need some momentum for the remaining two games on this, you know, three-game road swing because uh, game number two on that three-game set is Louisiana Lafayette uh, in Cajun Town and then will be a Coastal Carolina uh, for the third consecutive road game. And, you know, uh, those those are two pretty good football teams. They're, they're two of the three or four better teams in the Sunbelt Conference. Uh, but what Georgia State's been doing uh, in these last two games and has really, you know, pushed them forward is run the football. And right now, you know, the rushing offense for Georgia State out of the 130 FBS programs is ranked 16th. Georgia State's averaging uh, right around 222, 223 yards on the ground per ball game. And you mentioned Darren Granger, and Granger is our second leading rusher behind Tucker Gregg and just in front of Jemias Williams. So those three are carrying a bulk of the load with regards to uh, the run game for Georgia State. And, of course, uh, you know, Darren has taken the reins at quarterback uh, ahead of Cordelius Brown uh, after that change was made earlier in the season. And uh, from this point on, they're going to stick with him. And it's his football team with regards to that position. And um, so far, so good. Uh, like I said, and like you said, they put up 55 points three weeks ago on the road at Louisiana Monroe, had an off week, and then put 28 up on the board against Texas State. So uh, got to keep running the football. Um, hopefully, Darren can continue to improve uh, with regards to points in the air, um, that number, you know, obviously you'd like that to be a little bit higher, uh, but we'll see how we do against Georgia Southern. Personally, I feel pretty good about it. It looked like it was a good week of practice. You know, Georgia Southern had fired their coach earlier in the season, uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of disarray down there, maybe, but when you're playing a rival game, even though most of the Georgia Southern kids that uh, I've seen uh, in interviews this week 
they still don't subscribe to the fact that the Georgia State-Georgia Southern game annually is a rival, uh, a rivalry. Um, I'm a little surprised by that because they, they still claim that Appalachian State is their main rival. And maybe that was the case when they were in the, the Southern Conference, as it was, you know, when I was working on the radio crew up at Furman University in Greenville uh, prior to Georgia State adding football in 2010, the Furman Georgia Southern game annually, whether it was in Greenville or Statesboro, that was a big rivalry game, which I could never understand because Georgia Southern is a public university, a larger university in Furman. You know, at the time, I'm not sure what the enrollment is now, but at the time it was somewhere between 22 and 2,500 students, you know, a small private university in Greenville. But yet Georgia Southern was claiming that the Georgia Southern Furman game was a rivalry game. Maybe it was at one time. Uh, maybe Appalachian State and Georgia Southern was at one time. Granted, they are still both in the Sun Belt now. They moved together. But, listen, anybody who says Georgia State, Georgia Southern's not a rival game is uh, probably not looking at it from the same vantage point as everybody else. But I think Georgia State's playing pretty well right now. And, I, again, this is another – listen, every game is big. If they could win this game on the road, get on I-16 to come back to Atlanta with a W in their back pocket, they would take a three-game winning streak on the road to Louisiana, and that would be huge. And they have Coastal Carolina coming up, too. So if, if, if App State can lose, Georgia State can actually control its own fate. I know that's early. You talked about the running game. You know, uh, uh, Tucker Gregg is averaging, what, 5.6, uh, 5.8 yards a carry? And then you mentioned Jameis Williams. He averaged 9.6 yards a carry with two touchdowns. So they're getting big plays in the running game, which is probably helping the passing game tremendously. Well, you know where that all starts, and that is, and now we're starting to see the benefits of having a, a very, very experienced offensive line. Jamias Williams was my guest this week, along with Dan Ellington on our Panther Insider podcast. Uh, which if you follow me on any of the social media channels, we've got it posted there. Um, but again, Jemias gave a lot of credit. Again, those holes that he and Tucker and Darren are running through and they're more explosive plays and runs for more yardage than we saw earlier in the season. Listen, it all starts up front with a very experienced offensive line. Um, so, you know, starting with Malik Sumter at center, to his right, Pat Bartlett, to his right, um, Travis, I mean, Jonathan Bass on the left side, Shamarius Gilmore, the only four-time All-Sunbelt Conference selection in Georgia State history. And then to his left, Travis Glover. You know, those guys are playing a, a bulk of the snaps. They're doing a fantastic job the last two ball games. They actually did a fantastic job if you go back to the first half of the game at Auburn. Uh, when we ran for, you know, I think we ran for, what, 276 yards the for the entire afternoon at Auburn. So, um, the difference is, is that Texas State and Louisiana Monroe are not Auburn, and they're not Auburn caliber players in the second half, and that's been a big difference. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, Jemias is averaging 6.2 yards per carry. Darren is averaging 5.2 yards per carry. And Tucker Gregg is averaging almost 6 per carry. So, again, explosive plays that Coach Elliott mentioned with me today on the, on the pregame show that we recorded. Um, and, and that is, you know, again, that's been the difference. I mean, the start of the play of the line up front, and now they're seeing, you know, guys that can take advantage of that in the three guys that, uh, that I mentioned in, uh, Tucker, Darren, and Jemias. 
You're listening to Dave Cohen right here on ATL Prime Sports. You can follow Dave on Twitter at GA State Voice. That's GA State Voice. Dave, we mentioned the three-game road trip with TC there. Let's talk about the new look of the Sunbelt Conference right quick and then uh, tell our listeners how to catch that game on Saturday. But I definitely want to talk to you about the new look Sunbelt. Uh, four, uh, was it four or six teams coming in? I can't remember. Uh, tell us about it and uh, your thoughts. Well, right now it's two. So right. far, two right. officially. And that is Southern Miss and Old Dominion. Now, Old Dominion's okay. a former conference foe of ours for the seven years we were in the Colonial Athletic Association. We made that trip yeah, to Newport right. News, uh, you know, every year. Um, they've got nice facilities up there, really nice arena uh, for basketball and, uh, you know, a, a, a nice football stadium as well. Uh, but, again, we were only in the Colonial we, one year for football. So, you know, we didn't get get a chance to really develop any rivalries, per se, with anybody in that league. But – so, so far, Southern Miss, they'll be in the West. Old Dominion, I assume, will be in the East. The two schools that are rumored to be coming in is Marshall uh, and James Madison. That's right. So that will certainly make things interesting. Again, you know, we talked a, a few weeks ago. Well, now it's more than a few weeks ago when the when these dominoes started with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, to come, leaving the Big 12 to come to the Southeastern Conference that eventually – those dominoes would start falling down in the group of five. And we saw that happen once the American Athletic Conference raided Conference USA mm-hmm. for those six schools. And then the Sun Belt raided Conference USA again, uh, taking Southern Miss. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen? You know, Conference USA in and of itself is another story uh, with regards to how do they survive having been cherry-picked not once but twice. Uh, certainly, James Madison in recent years has been a perennial top 25 FCS program. I don't know for sure, but I, I, I said to somebody you know, earlier today when we were talking about it that I see James Madison potentially transferring from the FCS level to the group of five FBS level in the Sun Belt. When I say rather easily... I don't mean that it's going to be a piece of cake, but you notice that App State and early on Georgia Southern both did the same thing, and mm-hmm. App State didn't miss a beat. You know, they've dominated, right. at least in football, uh, since they've gotten into the Sun Belt. I'm not yeah, saying it. I don't, I don't know that James Madison will do the same thing, but they're right. going to be ready by the time they join, because it may not be until 2023. Right. But they're going to be ready. I don't think JMU, and it's certainly not Marshall if they come in, uh, Marshall will come in and be one of the top teams, at least in football, right away, in my opinion. That's correct. Yeah, but I think James Madison will transition to a level that they'll come in and be competitive. That's that's the point that I'm trying to say. I agree Dave, as well. we got about James 30 Madison. seconds. Can you – I'm sorry, JJ. Dave, we got about 30 seconds. Can you tell us how we can uh, get a, watch the game and listen to you this week? Well, you know, the radio guys never tell you how you can watch the game, right? That's right. <laughs> I do it anyway. Just I, kidding. I got a game on ESPN Plus. I, I got TV and radio. Well, you're beat time. No, I'm. I'm <laughs> us radio on. guys. Us radio guys. You know. No. no. We're, we're down here. Those ESPN guys. You guys are up here. No. 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 I'm, I'm just. I, I, no. I'm just messing with you. I start ESPN Plus for basketball. Our first basketball is an exhibition. 
against Bruton Park and we're on radio. And then uh, then that next home game, we start on our ESPN Plus series. Um, but anyway, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, lovely Paulson Stadium in lovely Statesboro, Georgia. And uh, airtime 530 on 88.5 FM WRAS, our affiliate in Gainesville, and, of course, via the GSU Athletics mobile app. And aren't we lucky we'll be going on the air as uh, just about everybody's watching the World Series uh, from Truist Park in Atlanta. That is true. We'll see how that works out. Hopefully the Braves will get a win, and Georgia State will too. So we'll see. Dave, thanks so much for coming on as always. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for uh, your flexibility this week. Yep, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully about a Georgia State win on the road to Statesboro. That's right. Three in a row. Take it easy, Dave. Go Panthers and and State Not Southern, Dave. Exactly, JJ. You got it right. It's hashtag State Not Southern. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Take it easy. We'll see y'all. See ya. Dave Cohen, the voice of the Georgia State Panthers here on ATL Prime Sports. Todd Quarter with you. JJ on the other side of the ATL and our producer Wayne in Memphis, Tennessee. Let's let's stick with football real quick. We'll go to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, guys, you know what, what, what really stands out for me for the Falcons is de- defensive coordinator Dan Pease uh, disguising the blitz in pre-snap on the backside and the front side and using Deion Jones off the corner to do the damage, who was the NFC Player of the Week. That's one thing. And two, the red zone execution. We have complained about this since the cows have come home. Well, now they've come home. They're in the barn, and the Falcons, they're winning games. They're right in this thing at 3-3, three and three, JJ. You're right. You hit the nail on the head. Red zone execution is there. Hats off to Dan Pease. He's disguising defenses, coverages as well. A.J. Terrell is playing extremely well on the cornerback uh, on the outside. And, wow, just an amazing turnaround from week one to where we are right now. Uh, I want to mention that red zone offense. I'm talking Arthur Smith, hats off, using the tight end, all three of them. Hurst, Smith, and the newly acquired Kyle Pitts. And I tell you, he is getting the ball to not only those three. I told you Alameda Zacchaeus. Russell Gage had a career-long touchdown catch the other week. Everybody's starting to get the ball. And, folks, when everybody gets the ball, Matt Ryan plays at an MVP-type level. And that's what's happening right now. The Falcons are right in the thick of things, and that's where you want to be at 3-3. Three and three. Going into a week when they're really playing a team that's going in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. And Carolina, who started off 3-0 and and have now lost four straight. So this is a tale of two teams going in different directions this weekend. Well, and keeping Matt Ryan, he's only been sacked, uh, uh, what, four times since, uh, you know, uh, what's been the low here. Uh, recently, uh, you know, since week four, he's only been sacked four, uh, two times. Yeah. So, you know, think about that. We used to complain about that, too. Now you can't complain about it anymore. Kyle Pitts, the only rookie tight end with back-to-back 100 reception games in the last 50 years. You've got A.J. Terrell, the cornerback, with 50-plus plays and man coverage without allowing a catch. 
And last and not least, you mentioned it, three and three, third and south. They're not going to catch Tampa unless Brady and a bunch of guys get hurt. But they got a two-game winning streak playing the Jets and the Dolphins. They got Carolina, Wayne, at home Sunday at 1 p.m. I, I don't want to give away your picking, but you got to be feeling good. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, no doubt about it. Well, guys, let's move on from the Atlanta Falcons over to the Georgia Bulldogs. Speaking of feeling good, uh, JJ's just feeling terrific over there, pumping iron in the air. 6-0 and Georgia versus the 4-3 Nasty Gators. Georgia's defense has allowed only 36 points in five conference games, 46 points in seven games overall. They don't play a ranked team the rest of the way. But, J.J., this Florida team, they're going to get their A-plus effort like they did against Alabama. I'm wondering if this is going to be closer than the experts think. It may just be. This, again, is another game of a tale of two teams going in different directions. Let's take a look at the statistics. Since last year, in this exact same world's largest outdoor cocktail party meeting, the teams are completely different. Let me look at my notes and make sure I got this correct. All right. It is 11-0 for the Dogs. 11-0. Obviously completely unbeaten. Almost a full season since this game's gone on. Look at the other side. The Gators are 8-6. They're 0-3 versus top 25 opponents. The Dogs are 5-0 versus top 25 opponents. It's going to be a real key factor in this game is how Dan Mullen handles this game. Not only Dan Mullen... Defensive coordinator Todd Grantham is really on the hot seat. And if Georgia does what they did a few years ago when they got McElwee out of there, this could be one of those games where maybe a defensive coordinator doesn't uh, get to go back to Gainesville after after the day. This is a big game for Florida because if, if, if Mullen finds a way to lose this game, TC, you know what's going to come after that. Yeah, we all do. Wayne, you, uh, you wanted to comment on this game? Go ahead, please. Well, I'm surprised it didn't end up in our pick six, but I do want to make this comment uh, regarding this game. Um, no, it's not in there. Who's the mole that went ahead and did that? Left that out. You oh, know what? We know what's gonna happen, guys. Are well, any of us gonna pick Florida? No. Um, what's, the, what's the spread? Fourteen. You know what? Just covering that. That's yeah, my pick. We can have a bonus pick six. We will. And that'll give me about a few minutes to think about it. Um, you know what? Kirby Smart hasn't announced a starter in this game. Daniels has been out the last three games with a lat injury. Could see four quarterbacks. It said three is what I have. Anyway, Stetson well, Bennett. This is if JT and, and Stetson play, then you have Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones. You could see four total quarterbacks in the game. Oh, okay, I apologize. So anyway, this is Stetson Bennett's redemption versus Florida. Last year, he came up with a soldier injury. He wasn't effective versus the Gator. He's like three for 16 for 78 yards. And a, and a or five for 16 and 70 yards and a pick and an INT. This is his chance if Stetson Bennett gets to play and he plays well. Not only does Georgia move to eight, no, but he gets his revenge and we'll see with Kirby Smart what he's going to do, and uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to find out who he's going to play at quarterback. Uh, go ahead, Wayne. Uh, well, you know, for the longest time, Georgia has been sitting at home, 
getting weaker, and the gators have been down in the swamp getting stronger. And you got to explain that. I got to. I'm pretty well. Georgia's played a lot of home games, and uh, I really think that the Gators are going to win this game in Jacksonville. Hmm. Wait, man, you should have waited for that for the pick seven, even though it doesn't sound right. But you know what? Fine. You brought it out now. I don't know if Georgia covers the spread. I'll let you know in a few minutes. So anyway, Georgia's won six of the past ten. Florida's coming off the loss at LSU. Spoiler alert, says Wayne. I'm glad you said it because now I came up with that and it all fits. All right, let's go ahead and Florida. Oh, speaking real quick, Florida has uh, committed to a quarterback. Either be Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson, who led the Gators on four state touchdown drives uh, against LSU in the second half. So we'll see who they play at quarterback two. And Mullen, he's not getting in the strategy or anything. So we'll find out which quarterback starts for each team at game time. Let's go to the Atlanta Braves, guys. Series is tied one game apiece. What stands out to me is the guts and the toughness of a hockey player in Charlie Morton. Gets a line drive off the leg, breaks the leg, throws 16 pitches and strikes out three guys and then says, I'm sorry, I can't go any further with a broken leg. I thought, are you kidding me? I would like to see Charlie Morton on a Tuesday night in the National Hockey League with a high sticking penalty of a guy in the corner. I think he'd be awesome. You know, this th- both games, game one and game two, were very similar to each other. Six to two in favor of Atlanta in game one. Couple infield hits went the Braves' way in game one. Astros made an error that really kind of got the whole thing going. Flash forward to game two. The Braves' infield that hasn't made errors all season makes a couple throwing errors. Couple infield hits. Yuril Gurria runs one out and bada bing, bada boom. It's a seven to two game. Very similar games in game one and game two between the team. It just goes to show you how evenly matched these teams are. You're going to get production from guys like Eddie Rosario, Soler, all the way up and down this lineup. And same with the Astros. That's what stands out to me this series. I'm telling you guys, it's going seven. Braves will get it done on the road in Houston. In Houston, they get it done on the road on Houston. They've done it all year. They've been one of the top road teams in baseball. They get it done on the road, and that's what stands out to me the most is how these games have been very even with each other in terms of flow. Infield hits, shift being overplayed, as we've talked about off air sometimes, and it costs them. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. No way in hell are they losing them all on my birthday with Ian Anderson pitching. No way in bells are they losing. I think they'll win that game. Now, the rest of the series, we're going to find out. They're going to be, you know, with with the injury of Morton, now they're either going to throw Kyle Wright or Drew Smiley in game four. And based on what I saw, they're going to throw Kyle Wright. That's my gut feeling, JJ. Very well could be. Uh, Kyle Wright pitched lights out, came in, uh, got, got the job done. Also, uh, you look at Dylan Lee, who's had starting per, uh, starting performances down in Gwinnett, and he's played well. His strikeout to walk right. ratio is unbelievable. Maybe one of those two guys, uh, maybe they do a, 
opener with Kyle Wright, let Dylan Lee come in. Uh, they're, they're, these two guys are going to make a, a, a big deal in this uh, postseason, in this World Series. Well, I'll tell you what, Wayne, Kyle Wright is well-rested, so whatever they're going to do with him, I would love to see him pitch seven innings. Your thoughts on the first two games of the series? Hey, Got to limit those uh, fielding errors, and they'll be fine. We talked about that last night, JJ and I did off the air in game two. We were pretty surprised to see that. Uh, you know, this has been a Braves infield that hasn't made many errors at all, and they sure do hit the long ball, and I'm missing that. We've seen the outfield have tremendous production in the playoffs. Now Ozzie Albies is starting to come along. I know we've gotten it from the corner uh, at third base with Riley, Riley, but I would like to see Dansby – launch and start and Travis Denard is starting to do it too so um you know with Dansby him launching and Freeman launching and we'll have everybody in the infield launching and uh that's what the Braves are going to need you're you're correct the Braves are going to have to slug their way to a World Series championship but they can't do the small ball at the same time we'll see if they mix that in and I don't like overshifting. They need to stop doing that. I don't like that, but that's something that, you know, the analytics in the game and everything, I'm not a big fan of it. It came to bite them in the butt in game two. Let's hope it doesn't do it the rest of the way. Wayne, uh, we got five minutes left in the show. You take it away with a pick six, and me and J.J. will yak about it. Well, I, I think J.J. is a little bit better at doing the pick six. But uh, right, Go ahead and you do it. We'll switch off every other week. All right. Well, I did it last week. JJ should do it this week. Man, just do it this week. All right. Well, the first game we got up is a uh, uh, college game, uh, number six Michigan at number eight Michigan oh. State, uh, and the spread is four and a half for Michigan. JJ, you first. All right. Me, TC, then Wayne. We'll do it in that order. Look, Michigan State hasn't beat a winning team all year. Go look it up. I had to do the math. I had to check it out. Blew my mind. Michigan gets W. They can run the ball. They can play defense. They're second-best defense in the country behind them Georgia Bulldogs over one of my shoulders there. I like Michigan to cover. Michigan's won the last two times in Ann Arbor. Uh, the road team has been very successful in this series. I think the script is flipped here. I think Michigan State wins it. I think Michigan State, if they give the quarterback Thorne time, They've got mismatches among their wide receivers. Two of them are going to play on Sunday against that Michigan secondary. I think that's the difference, but it is four and a half. Dang, it! You know what? I, I'm going to go Michigan to cover, but State wins. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm still I'm picking Michigan, obviously. I still <laughs> get it if they get it. Don't cheat me out of that. Wait, Michigan in the points. Michigan yeah. in the points. That's what I got. Yeah, well, I'm taking I'm taking Michigan as well to uh, take home the precious but ugly Paul Bunyan Trophy. It is ugly. You know what? The the hell with it. Hell to the Beckers. I'm going Michigan. I can't go against them. Damn it! All right, we got all Michigan. I was all gonna, right. I think they'll win the game now. You guys have changed my mind. I'm going all right. Michigan next. All right, next next game up is uh, number ten Old Miss at number eighteen Auburn, and I'm going to go ahead and say right away. You know, I'm picking Auburn. Oh, that, that's a given. J.J., you? Yeah, it's Auburn's two-and-a-half-point favorites. This game's at Jordan-Hare. You know, Auburn owns this series. Ole Miss only has 10 all-time wins. Auburn runs the ball well. Ole Miss doesn't defend the ball well. 
War Eagle, they cover. Nah, hell with you guys. I'm going Ole Miss. They haven't beaten them a while, and Ole Miss still has a shot at that SEC West. If um, if uh, Alabama trips up, I'll take Ole Miss. All right, uh, third uh, college game is number 20, Penn State, at number five, Ohio State. Ohio is uh, 18 and a half. That's a pretty big spread. Sure is. What do you got, Wayne? Go ahead. Well, I'm taking uh, Ohio State because Penn State's still pretty beat up. JJ? Well, I said write down our picks here to make sure we get this all right. We are on the Penn State-Ohio State game. Yep. Penn State was overlooking Illinois. They cover. They're not going to win, but they cover. Penn State loses by 18 points. It's an 18-and-a-half-point spread. Penn State covers. I'm waving goodbye right now to Penn State. Bye. Clifford's not healthy. Ohio State covers. Go to the NFL. We got to hurry up. All right. First game on the NFL is uh, Packers at Cardinals, which is actually happening right now. But uh, I picked uh, Cardinals ahead of time, so I'm sticking with I don't with know it. what the score is, but give me Green Bay. How many points is it? It's a uh, six-point uh, six spread uh, for uh, Cardinals. They're a six and a half point favorite of Green Bay. No, it's six, six even. Point favorite over uh, Green Bay. Give me Bay. Green Bay. Ain't no way Aaron Rodgers losing by more than six. Cardinals take the loss. Go ahead, JJ. Yeah, no, no, no. Devontae Adams, no uh, Lazard, no problem. Aaron Jones gets the ball, puts it in. Packers. They're throwing to the water boy if they got to in Green Bay. It don't matter. All right, next game. Packers in the points. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Pan- Panthers at Falcons. Atlanta's two and a half uh, spread on that, and I'm still taking the Falcons to uh, cover that. I'm taking the Falcons as well. Look, I told you it's a tale of two teams going in completely opposite directions. The best player in the NFL, in my opinion, well, best running back, in my opinion, Christian McCaffrey is still hurt. I think Atlanta's hot right now. I think Matt Ryan gets him the W. Do that right. dirty bird. Do that dirty bird. Sure. Yeah, they covered. <laughs> All right, uh, last uh, game is the uh, terrible towel Steelers at the Browns. Uh, Cleveland's three and a half uh, favorite on that. Uh, I'm still taking the Browns to cover that. Jay, I got the Steelers in the points. Look, it, it, if Baker's not healthy, it really shows in the Browns' offense. If Chubb's not healthy, it even shows more. And they're not completely healthy yet. I'm going Steelers in the points. Browns might win the game, but I'm going Steelers in the points. No way in hell am I picking against Pittsburgh. My wife is in the next room. No, 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 no. Pittsburgh going three in a row. The Berg is getting it together. Speaking of getting together, on ATL Prime Sports, we'll be live at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Monday on Blog Talk Radio. One three four seven two zero five nine six three one blogtalkradio.com. Mark Mancini will join us. Who knows if we'll have a guest or not? We'll let you stew on that until Monday. All right, everybody, till then, chop on. Have a great World Series. We'll talk to you Monday at 11 a.m. I'm out. Get you one.